0: Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon, and remember. You are loved. Oh. Love. Um, once again, uh, it's a blessing to be here. I want to thank you guys in the back there for your work and your. Uh, uh, sometimes we don't see it, but we thank you so much. Amen. So uh, today I want to share a, a word with you guys that, that um, God had put in my heart. Um, I'm not a guy of dreams um, throughout my years of ministry, uh, throughout my years of pastoring. It uh, doesn't matter how long, it just the years of pastoring. I, I'm not the kind of guy who functions in dreams. I believe in dreams and I believe in God-given dreams. I do. But God has never put a dream in my heart that I can stand before somebody and say, oh, this is the Lord. Um, and a, a week or so ago, I, I had a dream uh, about this church. And um, I text your pastor and I, and I told him that dream. And I'm going to keep it there. And uh, I'm praying for that dream uh, for this church. I'm praying for that dream and for this church. And uh, with that being said, um, I wanted to share this word with you because it's very important as a church, that as we end the year off and we start a new year, that that our, our aim is focused. Can you say amen to that? And um, I'm going to start off with some pictures here, and I need you guys to participate with me. Um, Pastor Rigo, have you done the uh, squiggly square triangle thingy with your leaders yet? No? I guess not, because you guys aren't answering, so that's okay. You guys will remember what I'm talking about, but today I have a picture here, and I'm going to ask The guys in the back to put the first one up here and let's see which one comes up first. I'm going to need somebody to participate with me. That's a good one right there. Now, when I was younger, my mom took me to a place. This is a true story. I sat before a doctor and uh, because I had problems. How many people have problems in their lives before, right? And they wanted to medicate me and to date me and do all these things so I can function properly, right? So, um, uh, they took me to a doctor, and they started putting all these splatter pictures in front of me, and I had to say uh, what I saw, right? So I, I just want one individual just to shout out and tell me, well, what do you see here? Like, well, Tito, Tito's good, man. Tito, man. Tito, Tito's abstract. He sees more than what you think. But Tito, what do you see right here? A music stand, right? How many people see a music stand? No. You see a music stand? Did you see a music stand before he said that? No, right? It, After he said that, right? So you can see it now, right? The music's in. Right? Can I tell you what I see there? Look how different this is. I see two chihuahuas. You see the big ears? I see two chihuahuas attacking a beetle. You see that beetle in the middle? There's a bug there, and there's two chihuahuas attacking the daylights out of the beetle. How many people see that now? You see that now? You see it now, right? Did you see it before? No, you didn't, right? Because you probably had your own perception, right? But everybody see the Chihuahuas. We're in Hialeah, man. You know what a Chihuahua is? Come on. My next picture. Let's go through this. This is the last picture. I promise. So we will get through it here. All right. I even mean, know what I want to. Just kind of like a what? A clown. You see a clown there? Even if you explain that, Betsy, I don't know if I can ever see a clown there. A clown? You see a a what? An alien at the bottom? One more person. Can I participate now? I'm going to participate now. What I see here are two ladies bent forward right, on a turntable with the red things being music notes and the things in the middle being hearts because they love what they're doing right there. Like, wiggy wiggy you know, they're doing the DJing thing, you know. How many people see that now? You see that now? Did you see it before? You'd be a squiggly. You're a squiggly. That's what that means. And Pastor Rigo may do that with the leaders one day. But the reason why I say this here today is because There are many times in our lives as individuals that it's a process for us to see what is before us. And the title for those people who are taking notes here today is, do you see it now? Notice when I gave you this picture, some of you were blank, but when we started saying, oh, do you see this? You were like, oh, I see that now. And it's very important that we understand because today's title revolves around vision, having vision. And I want to let you know that vision and sight are two different things. Somebody shout different things. They're different things. Sight and vision are two different things. Let me explain this to you real quickly here so that you can understand here. Now, sight functions with your eyes. Somebody say with your eyes. That's what sight functions with. The fact that you could see me here today and the interpretation of those crazy things we saw up there, that was the function of your eyes, right? Vision is the function of your faith. There's a big difference. Because vision needs faith to see. Sight, you just need your eyeballs, pretty much. But when you're talking about vision, that deals with having faith. And there is nothing better than having a church that not only sees, but also has vision. It's very important that we understand that sight is a great thing. And and just because you have sight, it doesn't mean you have vision. Sight is a great thing because you're able to see what's before you, you're able to see what you're dealing with, but vision allows you to see what's to come. As individuals in our lives, we must understand that sight can work against your vision. What you see with your eyes can come against those things that God has placed in your heart. Now, sight is something that that you have physically. Vision is something that has been given by God. And I believe that every individual that walks into the church and has a relationship with Jesus, you have a purpose in your life. And God should impart a vision in your life as an individual. And then corporately as a church, we have a vision as well. But there's no way you can accomplish a church vision if you can't accomplish your individual vision. So as individuals here today, I want you to understand that when you hear vision, it's to discover what God has for you. You know, the worst thing the church can do is copycat visions, you know. You know those churches that they all look the same, they all do the same. It's They have the same vision. It's, it's not a God-given vision. I challenge you today as individuals that as you start this new year to seek God and discover what God's vision is for you because it is important. It brings a point of fulfillment in your life. You see, there's only a certain things that could fulfill you as a Christian and it isn't Pastor Regal nor these four walls. What fulfills you as a Christian is the Lord himself and you doing what God has called you to do. And you cannot do that by your physical sight. You have to do that by your spiritual vision. And we're going to see in scripture individuals that had sight and individuals who had vision. And you will see the difference amongst them. And today you must understand that God is calling a church to live in vision and not only by sight. Now when you hear this term of of sight, you know, Sight is, is not a state where you look at something, you want something, and you do something. Vision is not something that you want to do, that you want to accomplish, and they're two different things. When you think of vision, it's something that God wants you to do, that God wants you to do. We understand that today, right? Don't get confused. Vision is what God wants you to do. Don't get confused with God's vision and your plans. It's two different things. Don't think about ambition either because ambition is everything we want to accomplish in life. And sometimes we grab our ambition and we categorize it as God's vision for our lives and God's plan for our lives. And in reality, it is not. And all it is, it's your ambition and your plans. And I don't want my ambition nor do I want my plans because I know that God's plans are higher than mine's. So when I have my plans and my ambition as my vision, then I lower God to a place where I understand him. And today, I want to get you out of a mode of of viewing things with your physical eyes and saying, Lord, I want to see you with my spiritual eyes. I want to experience you in a place where it's you and only you. And it's very important because when we come to church, we we seek an experience, you know. And and the church sometimes gets in in a place where, what do we do so that people can experience God? And the reality is, is that that's not going to get you far because revelation is what you should desire. Because revelation is what stays forever, experiences momentarily. And we have to get to a point of our lives where we say, God, I want to get the revelation of who you are so that I can get your vision and I can be who you've called me to be. Because if not, we're just people of plans and ambition. And although those things are good, we need to allow our ambitions to become what our vision is and do what God has called us to do because that's what we're we're filled with joy. How many people say amen to that? All right, let's get into the word uh, this morning. We're going to turn to the book of Kings, 2 Kings chapter 6. We're going to see two individuals here that you will notice the difference of physical sight and spiritual vision. Now, the individual that we're going to be talking about here today is, is, a, is a prophet of the Old Testament who was an individual who was powerful, an individual who walked in the spirit and not in the flesh. An individual that when he'd cry out to God, God would respond. And the reason why I believe he had that kind of relationship was because he had vision and he knew who God was. He knew what God had called him to do. And because he was so sure in his calling and he was so sure in who God was, then the only thing God was able to do was to glorify himself in his life. And so many times in our lives, we allow the physical sight to impede our spiritual vision. Like we allow what we see with our eyes to get in the way of what God has planned for us. Instead of the church rising up and, and speaking what we heard so that we could see what we said, you know. And saying, God, I trust you and I believe in you. Like, like your sight is only going to look at the problem when, when your vision will look at, at the actual fact that there is a probability of God to work there. Like your sight limits you. It limits us. When we see with these eyes. And that's why the word of God says to live by what? To live by faith and not what? Because sight is an enemy of our faith. Sight is an enemy of our vision. And what God has called us to do, sight will get in the way of what God has whispered in your ear. So in the book of 2 Kings chapter 6, the story starts in verse 8. And it's an interesting story because the people of God are in war. They're in, in, in a huge war. And my Bible just turned the page and I lost it. But let me get there real quick here. They're in they're in a state of a, of a huge war. A huge war. And Elijah is with his servant. And this is what happens. Elijah is an amazing man of God. And when I when I tell you what, what's happening here. You're going to be like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Elijah was at battle. The people of God were at battle, obviously, with their enemies. And there was a time frame where the enemies were planning to attack. And everything that the enemy would plan to do, Elijah knew it before he did it. In verse 8, it says, now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and the consultant and he consulted with his servants, saying, my camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, beware that you do not pass by this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Now, the man of God was not with the king when he made his plans. As a matter of fact, if you read the, the chapter itself, it will state clearly that the king was infurious because the enemy knew what he was doing. It's like if you played a sport, they knew what you were calling. It was as if every step you wanted to make, the children of Israel were there. I believe that Elijah was the greatest enemy the king had because how could you plan an attack when he'd know what you're going to do? The Bible says, listen to this, the servant of the king says, Elijah knows every word you say in your bedroom. gandela imagine that. Like, talk about walls having ears. You know what I'm saying? It's like you can't even say a word around here. Like, anything you say, it's, it's heard of. Can you imagine that? Imagine if he's, he gets out of his house because he believes people are hearing him. So he goes out to, I don't know, the balcony, and he starts talking. Elijah knew everything that they were planning out. Awesome. So you know what the, you know what the enemy does, right? He says, we can't have this. Because somebody goes to the king and says, king, Elijah knows everything that you're going to think and everything you're going to say. And he says, where's Elijah? Where is the guy? And they tell him where he's at. And you know what the king says? Send everything we got to him and attack him. Send everything we got. Every chariot, every horse, attack him. Take him out. We can't have Elijah with us. We cannot have this. Take him out. He's too valuable for them. He's destruction for us. We cannot have Elijah around. We need to remove him. Are you guys ready for this story? I'm telling you, man, I hope by the time you leave here, you have a revelation from God that you're never going to be the same. I'm setting you up this morning. I really am. (laughs) So it goes on in chapter 6 in verse 12. It says that one of his servants said, no, Lord, there's none of us here that are telling your words and speaking your words. It's just that Elijah knows every word you speak in your what? What does the verse say in your bedroom? He knows it all. Verse 13, it says, so he said, go and see where he is at. And they find out where he's at in then, And they send the artillery to him to attack. Do you think Elijah knew what was coming? If Elijah knew what he said in his room. If Elijah knew he'd be eastward off the mountain. Elijah knew that the king was coming. What do you think if you were Elijah, what would you do if you knew the attack was coming? I'd pack my bags. I'd say, hey, guys, he's coming this way. Let's get out of here. He didn't tell anybody. He didn't say anything. But he knew the king was coming. He knew everything else he'd do. Why wouldn't he know he was coming at him? It goes on to say, verse 14, Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. I want to let you know that despite whatever title you have or who you are, how long you've been in the church, your night is coming. Elijah was a tremendous prophet of God, and his night came. Everybody has a night. You can't get away from a night, but I'm telling you one thing, that in the morning, joy comes. But before the joy comes, the night has to end. Everybody wants the morning joy, but not the nightly struggle. But I I have to be honest with you, night doesn't hold off for anybody. You will have your moments of night, but you will rejoice greatly when your morning comes. So we keep reading verse 15, and, and here is the introduction to sight. Here is the example of what sight is. Verse 15, and when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city. With horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, here comes the man with vision. You guys ready? He says this, alas, master, what shall we do? That means OMG. Oh, my God. What are we going to do? That's a oh, my God, we're going to die. That's what alas means. The exclamation in the the language itself is like we're going to die. What are we going to do here? Elijah knew it was coming. See, there's a difference on how you handle a situation when you know things are coming. And you know things are coming when you're connected to God. The only reason Elijah knew what he spoke in his bedroom was because Elijah spoke to the Lord in his bedroom. And because Elijah had a relationship with God, he was able to know what the king was saying. And I'm here to tell you, the only way you know the enemy's plans against your life is when you're connected to the Lord. And the only way you're going to handle an attack from the enemy is when you're connected with the Lord. And I'm here to tell you that those with sight will act much differently with those that have vision. And the people who have vision will be maybe accused of not caring, but we really do care, but we just know who's in charge. And you know, the people that function by physical sight may not be able to handle what's coming. So Elijah didn't tell the servant what was coming when he knew what was coming because he couldn't handle what was coming. But Elijah was connected to God and he knew what was coming and he was ready for what was coming. And the servant says, what are we going to do, Elijah? I just came inside and we are surrounded in our church. And I think you guys in your church as well. You, You may sing this song. And it's, this is how I fight my battles. You guys know the song? Maestro. Come on, one more time, go ahead. You see, we sing that song. We're surra- yeah, yeah. Listen, that song. I'm surrounded by you. The reason you know that you're surrounded by God is because your enemies are before you. You know, at night when you cry and your tears fall to the ground, when you doubt your marriage and your children and the fertility and the healing, it's those moments that you sing. You can't sing that song unless you're faced with an enemy. That's why when I sing that song, I can't stand on my feet. Because I can say, Lord, you were with me in the oven. Lord, you were with me in the den. Lord, you were with me when I faced the Red Sea. Lord, you were with me when I was attacked. Lord, I remember that day, and I remember that when I looked around me, I saw my enemies, but despite my enemies being there, you were greater, you were larger, and you were God. But you can't see that way if you function with your sight. You can only see that way if you function what? With vision. Let's keep on going. So he says, what shall I do? Verse 16, so he answered. Do not fear. We have so many people saying, what do I do? And not enough saying, do not fear. It just proves to us that many of us are living with the sight of these eyes versus the vision of the Spirit. That's what that proves. There's so many people in the church, and it's okay because that's what life brings. There's nothing wrong with saying, what do I do? But there's something wrong when people can't stand up in the church and say, don't worry because I've been there. He's going to come back. He's going to repent. The sickness is not for death. We need people to stand up and say, don't worry because I was there. I just got started. I'm just getting started. Just getting started. Don't start looking at your clocks and your watches, guys, just get started. So he says, what do we do? And listen to the answer. Don't worry. That's not the answer I was expecting. I was expecting round the troops, get everything in our power that makes us an army, send, send news. And bring everything we have. And his answer was. Do not fear. Don't worry. Don't fear. Don't worry. Okay, but what do I do? That's what you're going to do. Don't fear. Don't worry. Impossible. If you live by sight. Very possible. When you live in the vision of God. Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. That's a lie. Can I explain myself? That is tremenda mentira that I've ever seen in my life in the Bible. That is a lie. Think about it. What would the servant be coming to Elijah if that was truth? Why is he even scared if that is truth, There's more with us, Elijah. I'm sorry, servant. There's more, Elijah's saying. There's more with us than what they have. The servant's probably saying, then what am I doing in your face talking to you about this? What, what am I doing here? The enemy's a liar. And sometimes he makes you see things that, Aren't really there. And he doesn't let you see things that are. Because Maestro. How's that feel when you hear that now? Ah, oh, Jesus. His answer was not an answer that one can receive in the spirit. And there are many times that I give counsel to people that they get very angry with me. Because my answer is, God can do it. Pray and fast and seek, but they don't want that answer. They don't want the answer, don't fear and relax. They want a game plan. You want something right now. Heal this right now. Save this right now. Do this right now. And God says, I'm not doing it that way. And it goes against everything you see. And many times I've been in church and God has given me a word and I said, that's a lie because that's impossible to happen. There's no way we have more with us. Can you not see this? There's no way that diagnosis was a mistake. Of course there's a way. Pastor, you don't understand, he's not even home. I know how it feels. My dad was homeless, addicted to heroin, and he came back. See, God's word in our lives, if we live in the flesh and we allow ourselves to live by sight alone, then God is looked at as what? A liar to us. And that's why so many times we look at God and you say, God, you failed me. Why? Because you're looking at him with eyes of what? That's right. But if you could just twist that and turn that and say, God, make me a man and a woman of vision. And let me see your word for reality, oh God. And Lord, I come to you with a true report. I am telling you, Elijah, the armies are there. I am not lying. This is serious. And he says, there's more on our side. Oh, come on, man. Come on, man. This is not time to joke. We're not playing here. I'm serious, man. You think I'd be here if we had more people? I don't know if you've ever come to the Lord and said, Lord, I don't understand what you're doing. Are you serious? What what are you doing now? There's no way you are serious right now, God. Like how in the world are you even allowing this to happen? And God looks at you, and say, "There's no problem. Greater is He. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Greater is He. Then, come on. No worries. That's all. That, that's all. Oh, an army with chariots around you. Oh, don't worry about it. We got that. I love that because that's a person of vision." Elijah knew his task before him, and he knew that there was nothing going to get in his way, and that God was going to accomplish his purpose and his plan in his life. No matter what was happening around him, he knew. He knew it. He knew it, and here is the key of today. Everyone paying attention? If you've been ignoring me all morning, that's okay. Just pay attention right now. Follow me right now, and you will say, man, that was an awesome preaching. Right now, it says this. And Elijah prayed. (laughs) How is this Elijah a man of vision? Because he prays. You cannot be a man of vision or a woman of vision if you don't pray. What are you talking about? We want reward, we want blessings, we want this, and we do nothing to accomplish it. Yet we we want we want all the rewards that God has for us, but we don't do anything. If you've ever been there or you know a friend, can I see your hand? You know a friend? Yeah, I know a friend. He says, and Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray. Open his eyes that he may see. He's not blind. Is he blind? He's not blind. Is he blind? He's not blind. He came with a true report. But the Lord the Lord put in Elijah's eye, open up his spiritual eyes and let him have vision. Because vision is more important than sight. <laughs> he says, Lord, I pray that you open his eyes and that he may see. Then the Lord opened his eyes of the young man, and he saw. He saw. He saw. You know, the activity we did before we started the service, some of you guys didn't see the chihuahua until I told you it was a chihuahua, or chihuahuas, for that fact, attacking the beetle. And and then when... I don't know if anyone ever got the clown with Betsy, but that's okay. We're going to just keep going because I don't know. Did anyone else get a clown from Betsy? That's okay. She has her own, you know, perception of things, and that's okay. But interesting that what I saw, I was able to explain it to you, and you saw it because you have power in what you see. You have power in your vision. You can make people see things they've never seen before. If you're a person of vision, when you pray and you seek the Lord, a person of vision brings peace. A person of vision brings power. And here's Elijah. And he says to him, Lord, open his eyes. Open his eyes and let him see. And look what happens. What do you think happens? Of course he sees. Of course he sees. Of course he sees. sees. The Bible says that Moses saw the invisible God. How do you see the invisible God? Because it's not physical. It's spiritual. And he says, Then the Lord opened his eyes and the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around them. Now we're talking, now we're talking, Jesus. Now this is what I'm talking about. Thank you, Pastor, so much for your prayers. I see it now, hallelujah. I don't hate you anymore and the church is great again. Thank you so much. I see, I see it now, I see it now, I do. I've had so many meetings with people, I'm talking to them and they're like, I don't even know how, what are you talking about? Can't you see what's before me? Are you even listening to me? I am listening to you, but I'm seeing things with different eyes. I'm seeing them with the eyes of the Lord. I've asked God to give me vision and I'm not looking at the problem. I'm looking at the probability of God doing something. Give the Lord a clap offering this morning. Amen. So to be a person with vision, you will know that you have power to bring peace because that's what vision does. It brings peace. Despite whatever your sight wants to give you as information, the spirit will go against it and you will have peace. The word of God says that his peace what? Surpasses. That's what the word says. And that his plans are? And eyes have not seen, and you're not receiving that with natural eyes, people. That's a lie. You receive that with vision given by the Lord. And here's this young man, he stands before Elijah, his complaint comes before Elijah. Elijah, you brought us out here to die. You know, the the, the list goes on. The, I've been in church, and since I've been in church, there's been a big problem, and I've never had peace since I've walked in through these doors and everything. And he stands, and he sees an army of fire. And I would have been pumped up. I would have been like, let's do this. Take it to them right now. Let's go. I'm ready. Just do it. Let it rip. If they're a fire, then they can breathe fire and they can throw fire. Let's do this. Do it. Burn them all. How many people would have been praying for fire? Come on, burn them all, man. Some of us would have been like, grab the kids, grab the children, grab your bags. We're out of here. Grab the kids. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. We're going (laughs) to. Oh, Jesus. Some of you got that and some of you didn't. So when the Syrians came down to him, what did Elijah do? So when the Syrians came down to him, what did Elijah do? He what? Every moment and every situation that the spiritual was attacked, what did he do? Pray to the Lord. There is no spiritual relationship without prayer, guys. Your relationship with the Lord is non-existent. That's like me telling husband and wife, go home and don't talk. Yet be intimate. Does that work? No. We know it does not work. But everybody wants intimacy with Christ, but no one wants what? Relationship. Communication. So we keep reading, and it says the Syrians come, and Elijah prayed. And I would have been like, God, he's brought fire from. Now he's going to burn these guys up and we're going to be in a good place and everyone's going to fear. Them. Look what vision does here. Number two, vision, number one was vision brought peace. Number two, vision brings boldness. He walks up to the enemy and he says to the Lord, Lord, strike him with what? Blindness. I'm telling you, this guy prays, horses and fire come out. He prays, people go blind. It's good stuff, man. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elijah. That's God. Verse 19, now Elijah said to them, this is not the way nor is the city. Follow me and I will bring you to the man you seek. And Elijah now is going to prove to us that number three, vision brings wisdom. Vision brings wisdom. We must understand that. That vision is powerful. It's greater than our sight. And we must understand that. And here is Elijah with a moment to destroy the enemy. The servant is standing before Elijah and saying, this is it. And Elijah now strikes them with blindness. Maybe not the way the servant wanted. I'm here to tell you, I am sorry for God not to do it the way you wanted. There's wisdom. There's wisdom in vision. And you keep reading here, it says, Now Elijah said to them, This is not the way he led them to Samaria, verse 20. So it was when they had come to Samaria that Elijah said, Lord, what did he say? I'm done with this, Elijah. Yeah, I'm done with the games you're doing here. I'm not, I'm not. They came to kill us, and I don't know what you're planning here, Elijah. Because vision has Wisdom. Because if we're led with our eyes, we would have killed the army long time ago, but God had a plan and a purpose, but you could only accomplish that when you have vision and God has given you wisdom to act out. And there's so many of us in our lives that we're faced before the army and we want God to act a certain way because we judge everything with our eyes and we ignore the spirit of things. And we have a mentality of how it should be done. And God is saying, not that way, because there's a reason. So, verse 20, he says, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes and they saw. And they saw that they were inside of Samaria. Verse 21, now when the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elijah, My father, Shall I kill them? Shall I kill them? I would be like, yes, please. The servant, right? I would be like, yes, Elijah wants to kill him. Kill him now. Kill them all. But vision, vision has wisdom. It has purpose. We don't understand it. But one thing we know. He knew this. Elijah knew that. Not only that moment, but every moment of his life. Verse 22, but he answered, you shall not kill them. Would you kill those whom you have taken captive with your sword and your bow? I may, may, at this moment of the story, would have walked out on Elijah right now. You guys ready to read what we're about to read right now? What did he do? What, what is going on here, Elijah? Vision has wisdom. When you walk in God's vision, he gives you his abilities, man. This is what he says. Set food and water before them that they may eat and drink. Go to their master. So feed them and let them go. Verse 23, then he prepared a great feast for them. And after they ate and drank, he sent them away and they went to their own masters. Listen to the last part of this verse. I want everybody to focus on this part here. And it says, so the bands of what? Came. They came no more. I believe that if. Elijah would have allowed the servant to function with his plans. He would have raged war against the enemy. And by raging war, generation after generation would have been plundered and attacked forevermore. But Elijah that lived in the spirit of things with the vision of God knew that if he would act appropriately, then the blessings would come. Because most of the times we act appropriately when we're in the vision of God and not by the sight of man. And I would have never thought that by feeding them and doing what Elijah did to them would grant a promise and a covenant for their children's children to experience that they would never again raid them for the rest of their lives because he lived in vision. Vision is a thing in which as individuals we ask ourselves, how can I obtain that? I want that. Everybody knows a verse in Proverbs, the Bible says, he who has no vision will perish. Notice how Elijah had vision and his people, what? Didn't perish. Vision has everything to do with faith and nothing to do with your plans or your ambition or your abilities. Most of the times, vision that God gives requires more ability than what you can ever have. It requires more love than you could ever have. More forgiveness that you can ever give. God's plans are greater. His ways are. Sometimes we can't see that. Sometimes we think that God's a liar. Because we saw an army before us, and then he's telling us, oh, you have greater people in your side. And I'm like, God, there's no one on our side. And he says, open your eyes, son. And here today, I want you to turn to the person next to you and tell them, open your eyes. As individuals, when God gives you a vision, and I'm going to close up with these three things real quickly here if I can get some instruments up here. These three things here today I want to talk to you, and I don't want you to lose me here today. You know, usually you want to pay attention in the middle of the service and at the end of the service. So you could, at the end of this verse, say, that was a great message. I don't know about Pastor Rigo, but at least for me, you can ignore me for the first 20 minutes. But after that, just pay attention for the next 10 and then catch me at the last five. You'll be all right. I've always asked myself, God, I, I want to be an individual that, that lives in vision. You know, my personal life and my testimony, ministerially and physically, is one that comes with a lot of promises, many words, many things that have been spoken to me that I have yet to see. Do I have any friends? Anyone here like that too? But just because I haven't seen them doesn't mean that they're not true. And in order for me to accomplish those things, I have to be an individual that lives by what? Vision. Lord, what is it that you have for us? Gotta adjust my life. Let me see you with my spiritual eyes, God. And Lord, I no longer want to function by these things. Because if you see yourself frustrated and you see yourself in a place where all you see is the enemy, I'm telling you today that you're allowing yourself to live by these things. And I'd hate to break it to you. If you live by these, it's a dangerous life. Because everything I see contradicts everything God has told me. And if I don't have the right eyes on, I can't even look at God and say, God, you're a liar. Because what I'm seeing is not what you said. prayed for. That's not what's happening. So many times I've heard that still voice. Live by faith and not by sight. The greatest failure of a Christian is living by sight. And at the same time our greatest failure Is not experiencing the greatest gift of having vision right now. In the book of Numbers, briefly here, there's a group that travel into enemy's territory. You guys know the story, right? And God gave them a word, that's your land. God, I don't think you've seen the enemies that are running. God says, no, that's your land. I didn't make a mistake. God doesn't make a mistake. Tell somebody next to you, God doesn't make a mistake. In the book of Habakkuk, God gives a word on vision, the importance of vision. But in Numbers, there's a group of people who they allow their sight to disbelieve what God said. We must stand on our vision. Don't let anybody change your vision. You're stronger than that. I'm here to tell you that a circumstance and an issue in your life should not detour your vision. Your vision has nothing to do with what's going on in the physical. And Caleb said I will not we will not let's not do this you guys don't know what you're doing this isn't what God wants for us but when you allow your life to be led by this it overcomes this and you will have a battle for the rest of your life The spiritual person within you will battle with the physical one till the day you die. Until you make the decision to say no to the flesh. I hope you're seeing it now. And I tell you this today, open your eyes. In the book of Habakkuk, let's turn there as I close off. In the book of Habakkuk, if you could please turn there. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 and 2 as it comes up here. I will stand my watch and Habakkuk was a, was in a situation where he wasn't in a sinful situation but he just needed to hear from God. How many of us have been there before? I will set myself on the rampart. I will set myself on what you tell me. I need a word from you. I need vision in my life. I need you to speak to me. And this is his prayer. I want to hear from you. I need to hear from you. I need a fresh vision in my life. I need to understand what you want. He says, I I watch to see what he will say to me. And what will I answer when I am corrected Something's happened in my life and I just, I don't see God the way I used to before I saw him fight my battles. I used to see him speak to me. I used to feel him a certain way, but I'm no longer that way. And Habakkuk knew that the people were in a position where they were not supposed to be. Next verse. Here's what he says here. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. You need to stand on your vision. Don't let what anybody says or whatever's going on around you change the vision that God has given you. Stand firm on it. Don't let anything change that. Don't let heartache, don't let loss, don't let your mind, don't let anything come against what God is going to speak to you. Don't allow it. Because the enemy wants to rise up a people that will reject the word of God. And people will look at your circumstance and say, there's no way God wanted us to go and conquer that land. Can't you see those giants? And God says, no, that's exactly what I wanted for you. I want to show you my power. I want to show you that nothing can come against you. Stand up.